0: Good morning, planet earth Good morning to the 18 kingdoms surrounded by the fiery ocean from which the demon priests will rise up and seek vengeance Good morning to all the hunters deep in the wilderness of Trans Africa looking for the ancient strange elephants and weird whiskey lions. You're out there hunting the creatures of darkness, they live in the underbrush. Make sure you clean that bush. April the 15th 2023 Almost 3:30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time here in Scompton, Utah. It's tax day. Did you pay your taxes? Are you really, really proud that you paid your taxes? It's tax day. Yeah, it's tax day, right? April the 15th. It's a Saturday, though. So what does that mean? Well, if you proudly pay your taxes as a proud tax-paying American, um... I can't say, God bless, because I don't think the Lord blesses something like that. And I can't say, good job. I can't say I agree. All I can tell you is if you do it out of fear, I I understand. So much of what people do in the United States of America now is purely out of fear. Not logic. Not reason. Pure fear. Fear of being left out. Right? Fear of missing out. In fact... You could argue that in addition to the, you know, don't fight the Fed and and Tina, there is no alternative, FOMO has been part of that toxic perspective for about a decade now, fear of missing out. And if they tell you, Tina... There is no no alternative. Well, that's kind of a threatening fucking statement. That's the shit you expect a Nazi guard to say. Or maybe that's over the entrance of a work camp. Tina. There is no alternative. You know, buy the dip. Listen, brothers and sisters, in any crooked system, as long as you have the forensics to understand what's crooked about it, you can make money. But I need to add one other thing you need to not give a shit. If you give a shit, you're never gonna make money off of crooked schemes because they're crooked and because you're aware that somebody's being harmed. For example, if you don't give a fuck about homeless people, if you don't give a fuck about families starving in the streets, then you probably don't have an issue with the Fannie, Freddie, Federal Reserve uh, housing complex because it is a complex and it's all about easy money. The only thing that allows the housing property pyramid to function is easy money. You take away easy money and that entire house of cards falls on itself. And I don't care how much shit BlackRock owns because guess what? BlackRock owns a pile of shit, <laughs> a pile of debt, and all of that also vaporizes when the money becomes worthless, really. But as long as it's easy money in that crooked scheme, you can flip your houses and buy your houses and and you can treat shelter, which is something everybody needs as an investment scheme. I've said this before, I'll say it again. If we treated food the way that we treat shelter in this country, you would have warehouses full of food everywhere and people starving in the streets. But hey, I think that's coming, right? The food credit card? <laughs> you better believe it. Maybe. If you think crooked schemes can go on forever, then maybe, right? I don't know. On the subject of crooked schemes, there's, you know, and again, I know I said I'm not going to talk about the news much, but <sighs> like my old friend Dave used to say, I reserve the right to contradict myself. Um, there's a story about a young National Guard, ostensibly U.S. Air Force intelligence um, asset, soldier, whatever, that supposedly leaked some top secret documents that he had access to. I don't know if any of that story is true. Okay, I can tell you that stories like this serve a purpose. And if they end up in the media, even in the alternative media, they are serving that purpose. And that's the first question you should ask now. Don't ask the question if it's true. I have no idea if drag queen story time happened at your store or at your library or somewhere in, you know, Grinkentown. I don't live there. Okay? I have no idea if there's a nu- a young... Uh, U.S. Air Force soldier, National Guardsman type named Texiera, who, you know, is into alt-right racism on Discord and leaked a bunch of documents. I don't know. I don't know. I can't verify it. And and, And that goes for the Ukraine and the vaccine deaths and definitely the COVID monkey herpes. I can tell you because I was there. Because I took video that Chop Chaz and BLM Antifa are a hundred percent bullshit, a hundred percent government operation. And anytime you have Andy No Clue and what's his name? Ian Miles wrong telling you stories about Soros commies, understand they are a limited fucking hangout. Okay, the truth is I have on video City of Seattle employees admitting they were there to help out with Chaz Chopia. And as far as the truth goes, uh, what was it? The Guardian? You ever hear that journal, newspaper, whatever? They told me an entire building burnt to the ground across the street from where I live. You know, I can verify that shit with my own eyes, Guardian. I sent them an email. Never got a response, though. So I don't know if any of the story about this young Texiera, I hope I'm saying his name correctly, assuming it's a real fucking person. I don't know if any of that story's true. Okay, as far as the leaks putting into question the government, every fucking leak for the last three fucking years has put into the que- into question either Trump or Biden. Are you fucking kidding me? And guess what's happened? Nothing. In fact, we've had leaks and leaks and leaks for every presidency since I was in my 20s, okay? And guess what happens as a result of these leaks? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing happens. It's always the same crap. So, sure, there are leaks. Big deal. You remember WikiLeaks? What the fuck did that really do? Nothing. Did it stop the war in Syria? No. Did it prevent what happened in the Ukraine? I don't care about telling the truth. I already knew it was a crooked fucking scheme. Most Americans, with, with a tiny fraction of their soul left, could have told you the Ukraine was a crooked scheme, whatever the fuck it is. If it's real at all. That's not the issue though. Will anything happen? The answer is no. I do know the story of the young man pisses people off and gets them angry, doesn't really mobilize them, doesn't really direct them towards any target, just has them stewing in their juices. So in that sense, it is more trauma-based mind control. It doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really help anything. It doesn't change anything. All you have is more information about a situation you have no control over. Yeah, that sounds a lot like a Skinner Box, Mr. Torturer. So I'm gonna leave that story there. I would say with every news story now, including the next one I'm gonna briefly talk about, with every news story, the first question these days, and maybe you should have always asked this question because frankly, journalism, like the legal profession, like so many of the so-called estates, journalism might have always been a fuckaroo, okay? It might have always been bullshit. It's certainly been the case since the Spanish-American War. So it might have always been shit, always been a political tool. So let's just get over it. But the first question you need to ask is, why are they telling you this? It isn't whether the story is true. Honestly, a lot of these stories might be true. And, and it still doesn't change anything. I talked about this, I specifically talked about this in January of 2020, a couple months before the monkey herpes really kicked off, a couple months before the COVID pandemic race war shithole started, I talked about popping smoke. I have a podcast in the archives, right, you know, control F, search browser page, type in popping space smoke. I also have it on Spotify if you can fucking find it. And I, I explicitly say, towards the end, they're going to dump shit on people. They're going to dump the truth on people. They're going to show you every nasty fucking story you can imagine towards the end. And the reason isn't that complicated. It isn't because they're afraid. They're, oh my God, you know, what if, whatever. No, they're not afraid of shit. They're, t- they're doing this for no other reason but to piss you off and to keep you immobilized. It's not a long-term strategy. That's another thing that you should understand about what they're doing. Okay, all of what they've done since early 2020, in terms of military psychological warfare, has oriented around trauma-based mind control. That's using stories that anger, sadden, frustrate, but generally put people into bad psychological states. And if people stay there too long, like the headline the other day, why do people feel so tired? You end up with adrenal fatigue on a population scale. And in many cases, that leads to actual illness. You know, like cancer and heart disease and diabetes. Which also leads to death. Okay? You can be fucked. You can be stressed out to the point that you don't take care of yourself, you don't get enough sleep, you don't do enough exercise... You generally go down the hole. You can be mindfucked to the point that it actually causes illness, motherfucker. So the purpose of all this truth is not long-term. There's nothing long-term about driving billions of people to the point of insanity. That's not a long-term plan. So you figure what the fuck out happens next. I can tell you I think I know. I'm almost at 80% now. Every day, more of these stupid trauma monkey stories come out. I am more assured that the year 2024 looks awfully fucking hypothetical. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means I don't think a motherfucker alive today in the great discontinuity, aka Bo Blimpdoc, has any fucking clue what next year looks like. Are Are we going to send people to orbit the moon? Are we going to have an election? Blah, blah, blah. You know what? Are you going to be running for your fucking life in 2024? Are you going to be asking questions like, should I stay in Seattle or should I move? Should I stay or should I move? My neighbors got broken into. Oh, they got, you know, the wife got raped. Should I stay or should I move? That that's, seems to me to be the question in 2024 for a lot of people, best case scenario. Assuming you still have that fucking choice. It's not going to be linear. It's not going to be gradual. It's not going to be like, well, I'll just stay in Seattle or L.A. or Boston and then I'll read the newspaper and it'll say, now is the time to sell. No, brothers and sisters, motherfuckers out there listening to me, assuming anybody that would need to hear this is listening. I think my listeners actually understand this. Um, Listen, brothers and sisters, they're not going to give you any kind of fucking warning. They're not going to tell you, Oh, and now's the time to sell. That's never going to happen. It's not going to be linear. It's not going to be gradual. One day, you'll be sitting back and saying, I got a home worth a million bucks. And the next day, you're going to be saying, How the fuck do I unload this for 100K? Just walking money, money to get me out of the fucking city. How do I do that? And then a week from then, you're just going to fucking abandon that home. And you can have an opinion about it. I don't care. I really don't. It doesn't matter anymore in this podcast. Anyways, the first official uh, topic of this podcast this morning is not the story of the Ukraine leak, whatever the fuck you want to make out of that. And it's not the story of the ongoing military psychological warfare specifically. People have been noticing since 2020... um, certain types of events, catastrophic events at food processing plants or large agricultural complexes, and I've been noticing this for about a decade, um, this kind of thing popping up. So so a lot of people got to this party late. It's kind of like noticing how they moved the the sushi, the sushi cart into the produce section. Yeah, you, did you notice that in the last 10, 15 years? I did. What the fuck do you think that meant? I mean, you can, you can have your own reasoning around it. I don't give a fuck at this point. I think a lot of the oceans are dying. But, <laughs> so whatever fish they're serving at the fushi cart, that's your cancer, not mine. But it's stuff like that you'd be sensitive to. Anyways, there was an explosion in Texas at a dairy farm and 18,000 cl- 18, 18, fucking cows blew up. Can you believe it? yeah I mean 18,000 cows 18,000 cows exploded again it's a news story okay ask yourself why they're telling you this well there's a couple reasons why they might be telling you this one reason is the ongoing military psychological warfare Another reason at this point in the game, and again, we have to entertain it because things are that fucked up. And I knew, I mean, I don't ever claim to have been a very good soldier or officer in the military, but I knew a couple motherfuckers that were pretty good soldiers, and they really did believe in the Constitutional Republic. At least they said they did. And so could there be some of these motherfuckers out there doing stuff? Well, another possibility for the story is it's a cover story. That there is no dairy farm. There was an explosion, definitely an explosion, but not a dairy farm. You know, it's one of those things I've been asking about. If you listen to Dane Wigington, he talks about geoengineering. He also talks about um, selling hoodies and doing handouts and doing lawsuits. And given that he's the guy who says sometimes, well, things are going to get crazy by the end of the year, and definitely. I don't think anybody's going to be around by the year 2030. And, you know, lawsuits can stay in the courts a long time, Dane. Given that he talks about this stuff, I sometimes ask questions. But, you know, he's a guy. He could be legit. I think he has a message. And there is something going on. I mean, I absolutely think there is something going on. So let's say Dane Wigington is correct about the geoengineering. To me, one of the first targets in any type of fourth generation american civil war if we want to call it that i don't know let's just call it a civil war any kind of target one of the best targets would be one that actually impacted what they're doing the spraying in the sky and so you know one of the places i could see getting hit would be any facility attached to the ongoing geoengineering because it is a clear and present danger. Dane Wigington actually preaches it that way. He also preaches lawsuits and stuff like that, but he tells you it's a clear and present danger. As a matter of physical survival on planet Earth, it is not good to be poisoned from the sky. Whatever the shit is they're dropping, we don't need it. And if they're not talking about it, if they didn't ask your permission to poison your air, then I think you have a right to defend yourself. Period. So maybe 18,000 cows did blow up. Another thing i thought about, that number 18,000. It isn't a perfect number, but if you had roughly a division of Chinese People's Liberation Army in Texas, one division, Chinese PLA in Texas, and the CIA wanted to keep it a secret, well, okay. But maybe some people that are fighting for the good guys actually know about it. Hmm. I mean, here's the thing about burnt flesh, it has a smell, and I'm not saying dead cows smell like dead people, but my guess is most dead flesh smells about the same when it's been taken out by a, a fairly fairly large, <laughs> a fairly large um, capacity ordinance type technology, AK bomb. You know, if the bomb is big enough and it takes out eighteen thousand cows, maybe it could smell like. A division of Chinese. Again, I have no idea. These are just random, random thoughts. I I can tell you that this type of story smells more like a cover story. In fact, a lot of the food processing stories have smelled like cover stories, not strictly psy-op stories because people can't really figure them out so they don't really get triggered to either be sad or happy or upset. In a lot of cases they're just confused. And that serves a purpose too with trauma-based mind control. So yeah, this could just be a confusing story to keep people confused. But it could also be a cover story. It could be covering up the fact that cascading collapse looks like this. You know, when neo-Stalinist pillhead shitholes like the United States of America, the Empire of America, under the the Federal Reserve, when neo-Stalinist pillhead empires fall apart... This is kind of what it looks like. This is what the Soviet Union probably looked like in the 1980s in its own way. Some factory has, you know, basically broken down and caused a catastrophe, and the good commies of the apparatchik tell you, well, no, it was the capitalist, it was evil capitalists sabotaging Marxism. Why wouldn't they? They don't want to tell you the truth that their shitty Soviet system was falling apart, which is maybe not quite as exciting but more true and again if you're a fan of hanlon's razor then you should actually listen to this motherfucker because it's just as likely as not this is the system falling apart and if it's another kind of cover story for for an activity then it's got nothing to do with cows zero zip nada zero to do with cows and, and you know you're probably not going to know what was what it was about ever probably at this point you know (laughs) unless you live there right and even then no one's gonna believe you no one's they'll believe the ian mines miles wrong and the andy no clue before they'll ever take you seriously even if you saw it with your own fucking eyes so i've been on youtube recently just to watch music videos (sighs) And there's this one commercial that pops up. I don't like it, but I listen to it because, well, let me tell you why. It's a commercial from the Tourist Bureau, I think, of Texas. It's got these people, they look, you know, ostensibly selected for that multicultural view. And they do these long ass skits. This is my trip to Texas. This is our trip to Texas. We planned this for ten months. It's green, it's red, it's golden. This is our trip to Texas. Go get your own. And when I hear that, go get and this is a thing, if you're in advertising. If you're in marketing and you see this commercial and you think this is a good commercial, I think you're a fucking moron. I do. I don't think you know shit about marketing or advertising. This might be a politically correct commercial, but it is a shitty commercial. Okay, go get your own. You don't you don't have something with that as the as the end tag in a kind of an angry tone from some fucking millennial or Gen Z shithead or some somebody who looks like a fucking I don't know boomer type hippie from i don't know you name it i was at woodstock yeah go get your go get your own i just you know it's funny i heard that and i thought to myself this is the kind of thing that would really push a person over the edge just like go get your own go get your own you don't do that i don't know this is a stupid topic but we'll go to the next topic what do you think fuck it So here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Government is the simulation. There you go. There's the quote. Isn't that amazing? Government is the simulation. There's different versions of history. And at this point, there's probably so many versions people get confused. Because, I, I mean, that's the thing. At this point, I'm not sure what to tell you. What do I really know? I have a master's degree in history, and what the fuck do I really know about the world prior to my birth in 1970? I know what the teachers told me. I know what the public schools told me. I know what the college, university bullshit told me. I remember my Catholic school experience, what time I didn't spend in the hall or getting dirty spankings. And I know what those fuckers told me. I know what the Catholic Church told me. But the question is, what the fuck do I really know about the world prior to 1970? If you, if you go into any major kind of international studies or history department in the United States, A lot of the books you're going to end up referencing and reading will be from places like the Brookings Institution, the RAND Corporation, various places like this. And they may have renamed themselves. I mean, these are, you know, in many ways, I guess you'd call them NGOs, but they're tightly coupled to the deep state, like the Trilateral Commission. These are not random organizations. It's like reading Foreign Affairs. Understand that foreign affairs is telling you what the CIA wants you to know. It it may say, well, we're from the Council on Foreign Relations. No, no. Foreign affairs is explicitly laying out a CIA position. That's what you need to know about foreign affairs. And frankly, a lot of journals and magazines are, are there at this point. You know, if you're reading The Economist, you're reading what the deep state wants you to believe. If you're reading foreign affairs, you're reading what the deep state wants certain people to believe. So what do you know? And before we continue, what is a simulation? Understand, a simulation doesn't require a computer. It just requires something to be fake. Like a Potemkin village. You know, that comes from the era of Catherine the Great. It's where you put a nice facade on buildings. The frontness of the buildings look nice. The paint is wet. Everything is pretty. You make sure the really ugly, crippled peasants are hiding in the barn. And you have the nice peasants standing outside in their Sunday dress. And you have yourself a Potemkin village, which is also a simulation. It's a make-believe thing. There are lots of ways of doing this. You could argue theater is a simulation of sorts. Okay, so you don't actually have to have a computer to have a simulation. What you do need is for a lot of people, or at least a certain requisite number of people, to play pretend. And depending upon the history you believe, roughly six, seven thousand years ago, many different groups of Quasi-religious figures, um, various types of spiritual adepts, eh, maybe even rational mathematical types, but I'm going to call them all grifters. A bunch of grifters, a bunch of con artists, who said, "Oh, I, you know, the moon, the moon tells me when it's going to rain. If you worship me, you'll get the rain. You'll get the crops. You want those carbs? You're addicted to them now. That bread. Well, you, you know, I, I have to rule you. I have to rule you. I have to rule. I have to pick the king. Cause I really don't want to be the one in front. That's a simulation too, brothers and sisters." The king, the queen, the emperor, the president, the senator. These are not real things. I mean, they're roles people play in the theater. They're, they're parts you play in the simulation. But this is not where the power is. It never was there. It never was. It was with this hidden, shadowy group. And that's the thing, brothers and sisters. Con artists, grifters, the, the ones who really do the big cons... They don't really want to be front stage. They don't really want to be the focus of attention. In many cases, they simply want to orchestrate. They want to mastermind. They don't want to be the person you're constantly seeing or talking to. They don't want to be the person you hate or love. In fact, for them to do their job really well, for them to orchestrate the situation, they have to be disconnected from it. Kind of like a scientific experiment, but more like what B.F. Skinner did to rats and pigeons. Government's always been about pretend. We pretend to tell you when it's going to rain. We pretend to protect you. We pretend to carry swords that will be so dangerous your enemies won't attack us, and then you pay us. You pay us to play pretend. We're gonna make sure nobody does anything bad in your neighborhood, and you pay us to play pretend. And it doesn't become obvious that it's fake until shit gets real. For example, you have communities around the country right now falling apart. You have communities in big cities, quote unquote, successful cities that are going downhill. You have communities where the cops have basically said, if the property crime is less than this threshold, and in a lot of cases, you know, (laughs) the threshold is more than most people have in savings. Yeah, they're not gonna do anything. They're not gonna investigate. They're not going to. They're not going to expend any resources at all. They'll go ahead and hunt down somebody who's, you know, in many states who's still smoking the weed. And the war on drugs will never end. And certainly, they're going to make sure they they take care of the coffee filter situation when it's required with the monkey herpes. But they're not going to investigate your property crime. Why? Because shit's getting real. The simulation that is government breaks down when it becomes obvious that it could never do the things it promised to do, when it becomes obvious that if everybody has a problem, nobody has a problem is the answer for government, when it becomes obvious that they don't give a fuck that the electricity's been out for a few weeks, when you become aware of how little a fuck they actually give, and that it is all fake, then you realize it is a simulation, and then it's over. If you wanna know the path to anarchism, it's really quite simple. The moment you recognize that government is bullshit, it's not that it's evil, it's definitely evil. It's a grift and it's evil, and it grifts people into doing terrible things. But once you understand it's 100% fake, the whole thing is fake, the whole thing is a giant pretend scheme. We'll all pretend to play a role. Once people stop playing pretend and that time is coming, Everybody will be aware that it was never there in the first place. It was always just theater, you know? Anyways, next topic. Next topic, why? Because we need to. I think this is another quote potentially from Dr. Freckles Slavery is just death postponed. Slavery is just death postponed. Slavery is just death postponed. What does that mean? Well, you know, brothers and sisters, there are different kinds of slaves. And and there are people who wouldn't mind being the kind of slave that is well-fed and taken care of. This is in the genre, in the nomenclature of modern racialism. This is purportedly the house slave. The slave that takes care of the dishes, the slave that gets to eat the food that's left over or take it to their family. This is the slave that lives pretty well compared to the field slave that's out in the field all day picking cotton. That's the model. Um, And people would say, well, but Dan, once the Civil War was over and once the Civil Rights Movement was over and once we get over with all the over we need to have over, it'll all be gone and fine if you want to believe that. I don't think anything's changed. I mean, do we have slavery? Yes. And slavery, this is the other thing about slavery, and it's horrible, but it's true. Slavery, a lot like the government thing, is a lot of make-believe. It isn't to say that people don't become slaves, they do. But I don't know how to put this. Part of the problem with slavery is people allowing themselves to stay in the situation, because the longer you stay in that situation, the less likely it is anything's gonna change. Um, I mean, yes, there are levels of brutality that force change, and it's possible that the slave owners in the South would have done that. They would have pushed brutality to the point where people would have said, this is bullshit. But the reality is slavery needs a participant. It's not just about the slave master. It's also about a whole bunch of people that would rather be slaves than dead. And you'd say, well, Dan, isn't that perfectly rational? And it is. It's kind of the problem with grifting is grifting starts with very rational situations. I have a gun pointed at your head, put on these chains. I have a knife pointed at your heart, get on the ship. I have an an ax, I'm ready to hit you on the head again it's very stormy, you're kind of sick, I have to push you overboard. All of this is about steps, certain steps in a certain direction, and people making rationalizations. It's a lot like the Holocaust, you know, or any time a lot of people are murdered. It's not as simple as, you know, you've got really bad Nazis with guns saying get on the train. The other problem is you have a lot of people with really bad paradigms who end up getting on the train. What would have happened in Nazi Germany if even just half of all the folks sent to the camps decided it was better to fight and die than to simply wait and die? What would have happened if just half of all the folks that were exterminated said, it is better to bite the bullet than to wait for no food? What if it was the case that these people, these wise people, these people we've been told that have lived for thousands of years in persecution actually remembered their history. I mean, again, we're told that this is the case. We're told there's a history of it, that the pogrom, the attack upon Hebrews and Jews, goes back thousands of years. Ergo, you would think of any people on planet Earth in the 1930s with the leader of Germany literally writing in a book how much he hates Jewish people, you would say to yourself, these people would have all the evidence they need to know that at the end of that train ride is probably death, that the end of living in that ghetto is probably death, that by the time you get done fixing all those rocket engines for von Braun, you know, on that 1,100 calories a day, probably within six months, you know, it's going to be death, period. What if half of all those Jews that were told were killed in Nazi Germany decided to fight back? And the simple answer is, it would have been fucking chaos. Okay, it would have been total chaos. If half of all the folks decided just to fight back, sure, many would have gotten killed. A whole bunch of them would have taken weapons. And at that point in the war, let's say it was 1942 or 43, at that point in the war, the situation for Germany would have gone from bad to worse quickly. And then what if, you know our own administration, the great heroes of FDR and whatnot, what if they, you know, they they said, well, we couldn't bomb the camps. Well, couldn't they drop guns on the camps? Couldn't they have dropped, like, thousands, if not millions, of of pistols on the camps? That would have been interesting, seeing about 100,000 pistols dropped on those camps. They could have done a lot of things. They didn't do it, though. You know? And again, I don't want to get too far off topic, but... A lot of these conversations around slavery and murder at a certain scale, a.k.a. genocide, a lot of these conversations ignore the fact that the other side of the equation, the participant, is the victim. And one of the ways to prevent a Holocaust, one of the ways to prevent slavery, is to never allow yourself to be a fucking victim. Okay, you can't know for sure if the person pointing the gun at your head has well, good or bad intentions in the future. You can't know that. Like, you can't predict the future states of their mind. You really, really can't. But what you do know is that there's a motherfucker pointing a gun at your fucking head. And I don't care if he's wearing a blue uniform, a green one, a brown one. I don't care if there's a little USA logo on it or a fucking swastika. That motherfucker is pointing a gun at your head and they're telling you exactly how much they value you period. That's what you know at that moment. Okay? If you're one of these folks who listens to Alex Jones, oh my God, they're going to send people to FEMA camps. Fuck. Who knows? I don't think so. I don't think they'll spend the diesel fuel. But if you think they're going to spend the diesel fuel to ship millions of people from A to B, okay, and all the fucking chaos to come, if you really, really believe that, ask yourself this question. Why the fuck do you get on the bus? Okay, you think they're going to have enough guns. They won't the Germans didn't have enough guns. They never had enough bullets That's why they lost This is why people lose you never have enough bullets. You never have enough guns. Our government doesn't they have tons of fear They have experts in fear. It's what you've been exposed to more or less nonstop since 2020 It's like the three weeks after 9-11, but instead it's been three fucking years So they got tons of fear, but what do they really have beyond fear that you can verify outside of social media, if you put your fucking smart device down? What do they have? All I can tell you is they got fear and whatever bullshit they're doing in the skies. That's all I can verify. They got a giant fear machine that is pumping out fear 24-7. Slave. And they're basically poisoning you from above. Slave. And so if you want to participate slave in their slave system and do a slave lawsuit or put together a slave hoodie that has your slave logo on it, fuck you, you go ahead. Okay? I, for one, won't be getting on the bus, just like I wouldn't get the vaccine, just like I, in general, tried to, as much as I could, while I was living in Seattle, not wear the coffee filter. I'll admit I wore it to get food, to get a couple other things I did, And I'm glad I escaped that fucking shithole. And that cult is not over yet. But, you know, we all had lines we wouldn't cross so far. And I hope you still do. Okay, otherwise, yeah, slavery is just death postponed. When you let yourself become a slave, you are taking your autonomy and you're putting it in somebody else's hand. Maybe they give you a good life. Maybe you end up with a nice home and a nice city, you know, until it's not. Maybe you end up with a six-figure job, okay? Brothers and sisters, a big part of slavery is keeping you under control, okay? A huge part of it is how do you keep a person under control? And so they will meet all your quote-unquote needs to keep you under control as long as they can. And the horrible thing about slavery, and I think a lot of folks who've who've studied slavery in the United States post-civil war can testify to this. The horrible thing about slavery is it does become institutionalized inside of people's heads. They simply accept it as being normal. It's normal that it should be this way. Well, I think the only answer to that particular conundrum is don't let yourself become a slave in the first place. Just like... What's the answer to the death camp problem? Don't get on the fucking train. Don't get on the bus. If some dumbass motherfucker says, well, you gave up your gun, so now... No, you don't. Okay? You may have been stupid on Monday. It doesn't mean you have to be a motherfucking moron on Tuesday. Okay? If some fear-mongering NRA shithead is telling you, well, once you give up your guns, you no longer can fight back, they can fuck off. There's a whole bunch of ways to fight back. Yeah, and guess what? You can steal guns. Throughout history, rebels, revolutionaries, in most cases, didn't get their guns at Cabela's, shithead. They really didn't, you fucking moron. They didn't go to Cabela's and fill out the paperwork. They stole the gun. They got it on the black market. They got it from the enemy of my enemy who is my friend, motherfucker. They didn't get it at Cabela's. Okay? Sorry. Sorry for shocking you. You know, the weapons that the French revolutionaries ended up with, they didn't have those at home. The peasants didn't have tons of rifles and black powder and cannon at home. The peasants of revolutionary France stole that shit. Okay, it's one of the things I keep looking for in this weirdness from France right now, is for any of the French to remember their own fucking history. The last time this actually worked, motherfucker, or in a sense worked, they stole the weapons they needed. Okay, so you don't have to get on the bus just because yesterday you were stupid and you gave up your quote-unquote right to have a gun. You have a choice every moment of every fucking day to not be a slave. And if you have a choice between a bullet and slavery, well, like I said, slavery's just death postponed. And at least when you fight back against a bullet, you have a fucking chance. If you take on the life of a slave or a victim, you are already accepting the fact that you're dead, that your autonomy is gone, that you've given it to somebody else. And yeah, I beat up on some of these NRA gun folks because they're they're fucking idiots. I mean, yes, I think you have a right to have a gun. But here's the deal, folks. You have a right to defend yourself, period. You have a right to steal a gun if you have to. If you're hungry enough, guess what? You have a biological imperative to go get some fucking food. That is reality. You don't have to stay at home. You don't have to wait for death. You don't have to wait for a FEMA camp bus that's never gonna fucking show up. You can fight back. Or you can be a slave and wait to die. Next topic. Next topic, right? Uh, Next topic. Cops. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Blue Blue lives matter. Blue lives matter. Blue lives matter. matter, yeah. So, I have been thinking a lot about this argument, and this comes from the right and the left in this country, Democrats and Republicans. They have this general theory, more cops, less crime. But I'm going to throw something on the table, and before we go into this, I'm going to bring up a subject we've talked about before that deals with the issue of perverse incentives. What's a perverse incentive? Well, in general, in a free market, you really don't have them because any incentive is natural. It pops up naturally. It's related to scarcity. It's related to the market itself. A perverse incentive usually involves force, whether it's a gangster or the government. And I mean, you really don't need to distinguish there. It's all gangsters. But if some gangster comes along and says, everybody is going to give me their corn. I will sell their corn. I will give you a percentage, that, that changes the way the market for corn works. If there are other countries selling corn on a free market, even they are impacted. Okay, all of a sudden you have a person in the system using force to impact prices, impact quantity. Perverse incentives create weird types of feedback problems. They create weird types of scenarios. It's, like, it's maybe a better example, it's like when the, the government went in with Fannie and Freddie and almost immediately they became the mortgage market overnight. This was a perverse incentive because it created a situation where the risks were taken away. For all intents and purposes, the natural risks of going out there and loaning people money or taking out a loan, a lot of those risks were removed. That creates a perverse incentive. So let's talk about football. okay? In football, people wear pads. Like I did high school football, I wore pads. You wear a helmet. In football, you wear a helmet, you wear pads. And you say to yourself, well, Dan, that's safety equipment and that's helping people. But what if I told you it's not? What if I told you that because of the pads, because of the helmets, because of the equipment that quote-unquote protects the, the body, the types of kinetic injuries, the types of collisions, inelastic collisions that football players can be involved in have become more extreme. You simply can have bigger players that run faster and the amount of kinetic energy increases. And, and while the pads, you know, and the helmet may help the superficial stuff for taking those pictures in Sports Illustrated, they don't really help with this thing called the brain inside of your skull. That no matter how many fucking pads you have, no matter what kind of helmet you wear, if you have a kinetic collision, is going to bounce back and forth inside your skull and cause brain injury. Completely separate from whether or not your face looks nice or your skin looks nice. Or your joints still work, you know, after you've had that third shot of cortisol, right? And I think that's related too. Like, one could argue that they sacrifice the brains and the bones and the joints of football players for the aesthetics when they decided to adopt pads and helmets if you took away the pads if you took away the helmets these hypothetical risks you think you're avoiding become quite fucking real and the part of your body that suffers the impact is the part that's mostly designed to do it all of a sudden things function in a way that's a lot less crazy yes pads and helmets in football create a perverse incentive the perverse incentive directs it towards bigger players faster players and collisions that are way more, you know, frankly, inelastic, which means way more likely to, to result in brain injury. Now you say to yourself, well, Dan, how does this relate to cops and the legal system and the judges and the lawyers and the Miranda rights? Let me just put it this way. I think if we lived in a free world and the enforcement actions against crime were 100% voluntary, what you would find out, and again, this is a world where, again, anybody could own a gun, which means probably most people have a gun of some sort, in that kind of world, the outcomes for the criminal are actually a lot scarier, and, and way more unpredictable, which works in the favor of the community. You see, with the legal system, well, you know, everyone has Miranda rights, and you're, you're innocent until proven guilty, which is also kind of bullshit, but that's a separate topic. And you got all these cops to arrest people, because again, if you weren't arresting people and throwing them in prison and having court dates, there's a big portion of our legal system that would cease to exist. Which means all that grifter money goes away. All that grifter money for lawyers and cops and judges, all that money goes away. All that money for the prison industrial complex goes away. If you actually want to deal with crime in America, the smartest thing you could do would be to shut down every single sheriff's department, every police department, and just you know obviously if they're shut down nobody's telling people not to own guns so at the same time people would be buying guns and working with their own neighbors to protect their own community and in all likelihood the crime for their community would go down would it be a little bit crazy at first sure sure because a lot of people have been convinced they're victims and slaves and in a victim slave culture, it's hard to convince people they have the autonomy and capability to protect to protect themselves. It's very difficult with a slave mentality, but once you break through that slave mentality, what you're going to find out is the the criminals, the people who want to do you harm, are going to be fewer and far between and if you're the right kind of community, which means if you're a community that you know cares about their neighbors chances are, crime will almost cease to exist. It'll be a rare thing. Instead of having to deal with, you know, poop in the streets from random homeless hobos, instead of having to deal with random people, you know, doing some sort of mob theft enterprise at the Walmart, you might actually have a peaceful community. But the only way you get there, like with reducing brain injury in football, like with reducing joint injury in football, is get, away, get, get rid of the fucking helmet, get rid of the pads, because they aren't fucking helping you. They aren't. They seem like they're helping you superficially, just like a fucking cop. You know, you see a cop on the street say, oh, well, there's no crime, really? And then, then we're ignoring the perverse incentives, and we shouldn't ignore them, for cops to commit crime. Because when you think about it, you know, again, we got to get, get away from this idea. Well, but the people who go into the police force are these really good people who want to be cops. What a load of shit, okay? They're probably best case scenario like everybody else. and Which means that they will follow the same incentive traps like anyone else. And a cop? has an incentive to keep their mouth shut, for example. That's an easy game. That's one that a lot of cops play. A lot of cops may just take a check and keep their mouth shut, which means if they see a fellow cop commit a crime, they don't say anything. Their incentive is to not say anything. Saying something puts their job in jeopardy. Saying something might also put their fucking life in jeopardy. So there are many perverse incentives that direct cops to become criminals. So it's not just as simple as, more cops, more lawyers, more judges, more crime. No, it's worse than that. I'd say um all those institutions have criminals, have people who do things that even if they're not technically illegal, many people would consider immoral and shitty and, and examples of, of graft and and you know basically gangsterism. <sighs> the reality is If you want a peaceful community, you have to get rid of your fucking cops. You have to get rid of your fucking courts. Would you still have lawyers and judges? Yeah, but they would be more voluntary. Which means people would say as a community, we would like to have a judge to help us with this. It wouldn't be this judge is elected to rule over you. It's a very different mentality when it comes to the voluntary application of the law. And a lot of people... Most people, and this is also why it would become more peaceful, would be left the fuck alone. You know, a crime, an actual crime requires a victim. And one of the first types of crimes that nobody would enforce in a free society is a crime without a victim. But the problem with our current system, we arrest a lot of motherfuckers where there is no fucking victim. Period. We arrest a lot of motherfuckers where there is no harm caused. Period. Well, that all goes away in a free society. All that. So, so you know, like I said, you want more crime, get more cops. You will. The cops themselves will do their own rapes and thievery And they'll make their deals with local criminals for more rapes and thievery. And you'll still have the random rapes and thievery. And the same motherfucking cops will tell you, Well, you know, if it's below $10,000 property value, (laughs) ha 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 fuck you. But if you want a peaceful society, get rid of the fucking cops. Get rid of the fucking, you know formal permanent judges get rid of your fucking government really just get rid of the fucking prisons and the legal system and make the enforcement of some action against criminals a voluntary thing and you will have peace period but i think people like their brain injuries so you know we'll stick with that for now right here's a quote from dr freckles but it's going to sound like a drug commercial (music) Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles, but it's going to sound like Big Pharma. Detect this. Research shows that people that take the pills from the pill head doctor might have life-threatening side effects. Detect this. Did you go see your doctor? Did you tell him about your stomach problem? Did he say Invisio, Invisio, Invisio? Did Did he say... You know, did he chant some fucking commercial? Did he tell you about that new revoquin Revoquin? Revequin? Did he tell you about that new drug for your stomach, for your IBS, Crohn's? Detect this. Research shows that people that take the pills from the pill head doctor might have life-threatening side effects, fucker. Sky Rizzi. You could take Sky Rizzy for your Crohn's, for your moderate IVS. It'll make you bleed from your bowels, it'll make your heart explode. You can take Invisio, you can take Rivaquin, you can take Televac, you can take Buckquin. You will bleed from your butt, but it'll help you with your IBS. It'll clean up your colon. Your colon will look smooth. Your colon will look glassy. Nothing will be digested by your colon. Next topic, fucker. I don't care. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles, I believe. We never really forgot how to fit into the world's ecosystem. It was never really an option prior to 200 years ago. Dr. Freckles. You know, and this is similar to another quote about complexity that I think I have in another podcast, but people will say things like, well, humans don't know how to fit. And and the, and the reality is, When it comes to ecology, just about every creature in it doesn't really know how to fit. For example, if I take a snakehead fish out of its environment and I put it into a different environment, like for example, the Chesapeake Bay, all of a sudden it becomes an apex predator in its own particular niche. All of a sudden you've got this dangerous snakehead fish eating up all the other fish. Now, of course... You shouldn't move that particular predatorial fish halfway or around the world or whatever. But these things do happen throughout history of life on Earth. Animals do migrate. It does happen. It's been a terrible thing the last few hundred years, but it does happen. The snakehead fish, when it rises to the top of the pyramid, isn't doing anything wrong. The problem is it broke out of whatever constraints it had. It has no more constraints. About 200 years ago... As a result of the Industrial Revolution, as a result of the Enlightenment, as a result of a lot of very smart people doing some pretty smart things, roughly a couple hundred years ago, the human race started breaking out. And you could argue in the last hundred years, in terms of population, we've really broke out. And many folks, you know, the Club of Rome types will say, well, humans are shitheads and they can't control themselves. No, humans are like every other fucking creature, okay? Okay. My friend the bacteria, huh? My friend the bacteria has been around a real long time if you believe what you're told. If you believe what you're told, my friend the bacteria has been around since the beginning. It does not care about you. It has no fucking constraints, really. Well, it does, just no internal constraints it's pushing up against pressure. You see, this is the ticket. When you think about fitting into the world, it isn't isn't about some internal program that says, in fact, if you're a big person into evolutionary biology and you actually take Darwinian theory seriously, then understand what I'm saying. Your fitness in the world has zero to do, really, in reality, with your internal programming. Your fitness in the world is a combo plate. It's not just what you are, it's what the world will allow. And if a particular ecosystem allows you to thrive, how can I put this? You're going to thrive. If a particular ecosystem has you under pressure, you're probably not going to thrive. A big part of what you do as an organism in any ecosystem is about these outside pressures, about these constraints. And that is really what happened. It wasn't that humans became shitheads, brothers and sisters. It's it's kind of what the left and the commies want to convince you of, is that we became shitheads or, or we've always been shitheads. No. No, we've been humans pretty much, and we've been the humans we are. But about a couple hundred years ago, those constraints that really kept us under control, they more or less disappeared because we made changes. We made changes to the way we do things. We we did, and, and we, we did become smarter, you know. We were always going to become as smart as we could. Again, that's about the outside pressure as much as anything else. And if you take away that outside pressure, who knows what happens? I mean, when you think about the impact of petroleum, of hydrocarbon energy on civilization in the last couple hundred years, it was like pouring liquid dynamite on the human psyche. Yeah. A lot of good things happen, but how can I phrase this? A lot of really shitty things happened, too. Every part of that human psyche was energized. Not just the good parts, motherfucker. You know? Not just the cool parts, but a lot of parts had that extra energy we might wish they didn't. The destructive parts. You know, what Freud called thanatos. You know, the death instinct. Whatever you want to call it. A couple hundred years ago the constraints that kept us under control were more or less not completely removed. And I would argue they weren't removed. You know, we we lived during a temporary niche that I think is almost over. Um, I say almost over because, again, it isn't just about the outside pressure. It's also about the solutions you come up with. And the problem is the human race came up with some terrible solutions as a result of all the largesse that nature had bequeathed upon us. One of them was building these really overly complicated police police state type governments. That was a bad thing. That's your Ford pickup with a million miles on it that gets 20 gallons to the mile. That's, That's the shitty situation. It's not just what resources do you have, What do you have managing the resources? And for folks like me, the answer is nobody should be managing those resources. It should simply be the free market. That's another reason why I'm an anarchist, by the way. And if you're an environmentalist, you should be. Because the only chance in hell the human race has of finding fit in the world is if you allow people to make free choices. You take that freedom away, you give them Oh, we're going to give people football pads. We'll call them Fanny and Freddie. You know, you give people football pads, you give people cops, you give people the illusion of control, you give people the illusion of a safety net, and all of a sudden they're doing all kinds of dangerous speculative bullshit. And all of a sudden they're saying to themselves, well, we can, we can't fix the Ford pickup, but we can add another engine and we can go rip off somebody's oil, and that'll be fine. A big, big, big part of fitting into any niche, any specific part of an ecology, isn't just about what you bring to the table as a human being, as a snakehead fish, as an orca whale. The other part of it is the environment itself. And sometimes environments can be very, um, very prosperous and helpful and can benefit your species and your group and your team and you and sometimes they can be huge giant problems and they can get worse and worse and worse for the last couple hundred years the human race as a combo plate not simply of the environment but of our abilities was able to expand and you know impact the entire planet in ways that you know life itself probably hasn't seen in millions of years But that was never going to be, in my opinion, a guaranteed situation. It was always going to be tentative. It's always dependent upon the outside pressure. And the belief that there is no outside pressure is part of the delusion. It's part of the danger, you know, people run into. That's why I say, if you're concerned about the hubris of the human race, if you're concerned that people are going to poison every lake, every river, every stream, if you're concerned that people will treat their neighbors like shit and poison their neighbors, then you should want freedom. Because freedom takes away all the production... Number one, freedom takes away the protection for shitheads. Because government is 100% an institution for protecting shitheads. So you take away the government, all of a sudden, a bunch of shitheads have nobody protecting them. That's actually a good thing. But the other thing about freedom is it allows each individual, through their own choices, to find the place they fit in the world. And all things being equal, if you ask me, if you allow people to be free, they make rational choices. They don't choose to do the things that would destroy the planet, for example. They choose to do the things that would probably be more like the actions of a gardener, of someone who wants to improve the situation, make the planet a better place, not a worse place. But in this neo-Stalinist pillhead, low-rent, trailer park hellhole, you have what you have. You end up polluting a river and then you hand out little flyers to Laotians telling them don't eat the crab. That's your solution in America. Fuck that if you ask me. Anywho, for April the 14th, 2023, well actually April the 15th, I was reading the date off the fucking podcast notes, for April the 15th, Saturday, 2023, just after 4.30 a.m. Fuck, this has been too long, hasn't it? This is your friend Dan. If you want to donate to this podcast, you can. There'll be a link to PayPal in the notes. Um, It's up to you. I hope you take care of your food, your water, your shelter first. Take care of the people you love. If you are prepping a little, make sure you get some food for your pets. Just don't think about yourself when you're stockpiling food. Your dog, your cat, and I'm thinking mainly about your dog, is going to look at you with their big old glassy eyes and wonder, hey, shithead, did you think about me? So when you're thinking about your own belly, if you have to go for six months to a year without food, please think about your dog. But if you've done all the above and you still have money left over and you want to donate to this shitty fucking podcast that probably won't be around much longer, you can. You can. There's a link to PayPal in the notes on Spotify, if you can find it. And there's, you know, a donation link on the blog at planetarystatusreport.com and in the notes there. I hope you have a great weekend. You should. Enjoy yourself. The smartest advice I can give is tune out the slave news. Tune out the slave TV. Tune out the simulation. Okay? Tune out the drag queen story time. Tune out the vaccine death story shedders. Tune out all the fucking bullshit about the Ukraine and about whatever kid someplace decided to tell the truth about the Ukraine. Tune out all the bullshit. Even if the story is true, tune it out. Because all that garbage is just designed to control you. And you're better off taking control yourself. If you want to read the news and laugh, fine. Laugh. But don't take it seriously. In fact, that's my advice. If you want to read the news, read it with a sense of fucking humor. Laugh at it, because it's a lot of garbage. It's a turd bucket coming from a fucking fire hose that's shooting turds. You don't need it. You really don't. Have a great weekend.